Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner. Today's feature is from Book 8, Part 18 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 203 is entitled The Story of Creation, Part 5. Milton emphasizes that Adam and Eve are man and wife, married by God himself. She disappeared and left me dark. I wait to find her, or forever deplore her loss and other pleasures all abjure. When out of hope behold her not far off, such as I saw her in my dream, adorned with what all earth or heaven could bestow to make her amiable. On she came, led by her heavenly maker, though unseen, and guided by his voice, nor uninformed of nuptial sanctity and marriage rites. Grace was in all her steps, heaven in her eyes, in every gesture, dignity and love. I overjoyed could not forbear aloud. Of course, as always, Milton is merely following the narrative in Genesis. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis two twenty three through 25 That eliminates entirely the mistaken idea of some that original sin was adultery or sexual promiscuity or prurience of any kind. It is clear that they were married by the Lord, and the posterity of Adam and Eve was not the result of luxury. They were commanded by God to have children. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Genesis 1, 27-28 In fact, it was impossible for Adam and Eve to have a sexual relationship before the fall. Moses tells us, And they were both naked the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That means, of course, they weren't even aware of their nakedness. This becomes clear in the following conversation between Adam and God. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Genesis 3, 9-11 I continue with Milton's version. Adam addresses his maker. 
This turn hath made amends. Thou hast fulfilled thy words, Creator bounteous and benign, Giver of all things fair. But fairest this of all thy gifts, Nor enviest. I now see bone of my bone, Flesh of my flesh, Myself before me. Woman is her name of man extracted. For this cause he shall forego father and mother, and to his wife adhere, and they shall be one flesh, one heart, one soul. Milton emphasizes that our first parents were married in Eden by God himself, and that the human race is their legitimate offspring, suggesting that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God, and it is only through the marriage covenant that children should be brought into the world. She heard me thus, and though divinely brought, yet innocence and virtue modesty, her virtue and the conscience of her worth that she would be wooed, and not unsought be one, not obvious, not obtrusive, but retired the more desirable, or to say all, nature herself, though pure of sinful thought wrought in her soul, that seeing me, she turned. I followed her. She, what was honor knew, and with obsequious majesty approved my pleaded reason. To the nuptial bower I led her blushing like the morn. All heaven and happy constellations on that hour shed their selectest influence. The earth gave sign of gratulation, and each hill. Joyous the birds, fresh gales and gentle airs whisper into the woods and from their wings flung rose, flung odors from the species shrub, disporting till the amorous bird of night sung spousal, and bid haste the evening star on his hilltop to light the bridal lamp. Adam ends his story to Raphael. Thus I have told thee all my state, and brought my story to the sum of earthly bliss which I enjoy and must confess to find in all things else delight indeed, but such as used or not works in the mind no change, nor vehement desires, these delicacies, I mean of taste, sight, smell, herb, fruit, and flowers, walks, and the melody of birds. But here, far otherwise transported, I behold, transported touch, here passion first I felt, Commotion strange, in all enjoyment else superior and unmoved, here only weak against the charm of beauty's powerful glance. The following conversation becomes very interesting. Milton was far more modern in his view on women than the mood of that time. He believed in divorce. He believed in women's rights. The conversation below is still between Adam and the archangel Raphael, whose job it is to protect Adam and Eve, as well as to instruct them. Adam, voicing the traditional view of women that man is superior, is abruptly and sharply corrected by Raphael. In the following, Adam is speaking. Of nature failed in me, and left some part not proof enough such object to sustain, or from my side, subducting, took two perhaps more than enough. At least on her bestowed too much of ornament, in outward show elaborate, in inward less exact. In other words, Adam is effectively saying that Eve is given an abundance of beauty and charm, but is deficient in intellectual capacity. I doubt if any woman today would find that amusing, 
But Adam is voicing the prevalent views of women. Raphael patiently listens as Adam digs himself deeper into his sexist philosophy. For well I understood in the prime end of nature her, the inferior, in the mind and inward faculties, which most excel, in outward also, her resembling less his image who made both, and less expressing the character of the dominion given or other creatures. Yet when I approached her loveliness, so absolute she seemed, and in herself complete, so well to know her own, that what she wills to do or say seems wisest, virtuest, discreetest, best. All higher knowledge in her presence falls degraded. Wisdom in discourse with her loses discountenant and like folly shows. Authority and reason on her weight as one intended first, not after made occasionally. And to consummate all, greatness of mind and nobleness their seat build in her loveliest, and create an awe about her, as a guard angelic placed. Adam does not see the change in Raphael's expression as Adam belittles Eve, Milton records. To whom the angel with contracted brow. The phrase, Contracted brow shows Raphael's contempt at Adam's arrogance. He immediately chastises Adam severely for misjudging women. Listen carefully to the angel Raphael's correction. Accuse not nature, she hath done her part. Do thou but thine, and be not diffident of wisdom. She deserts thee not, if thou dismiss not her. When most thou needest her nigh, by attributing overmuch to things less excellent as thou thyself perceivest, for what admirest thou? What transports thee so, an outside? Fair, no doubt, and worthy well thy cherishing, thy honoring, and thy love, not thy subjugation. Weigh with her thyself. Raphael chastises Adam on two points. One, he says, be not diffident in wisdom. Diffident means lack of self-confidence. Milton is saying that Adam's lack of confidence causes him to be deficient in wisdom. He goes on to tell Adam that she will not desert him if he does not dismiss her when he needs her the most. Two, he advises Adam not to treat her as his subordinate, but as his equal. Weigh with her thyself. In other words, he is saying that Eve is equal to Adam, and Adam has misjudged her. In effect, he is telling Adam that he cannot do without her. Raphael continues. Then value, oft times nothing profits more than self-esteem, grounded on just and right, well managed. Of that skill, the more thou knowest, the more she will acknowledge thee, her head, and to realities yield all her shows. Made so adorned for thy delight, the more so awful, that with honor thou mayest love thy mate who sees when thou art seen leastwise. The last line is the sharpest criticism of all. Quote, Thy mate, who sees when thou art seen leastwise. Unquote. In other words, Raphael tells Adam that Eve sees clearly when Adam, blinded by pride, is about to make a serious error in judgment. What is not clear to Adam may be very transparent to Eve. To avoid blindness, they must consult together on everything, considering both points of view. In other words, she may have wisdom where he doesn't, and he may have wisdom where she doesn't. 
and only together are they whole. Adam is to consult Eve and treat her as his intellectual equal. Only then will they be complete. Husband and wife complement each other. Alone, they are more apt to make mistakes. That is a revolutionary idea for Milton's day when men ruled everything. Raphael makes another interesting observation. He distinguishes love from lust. He advises him to seek heavenly love and not to be like the animals consumed in beastly lust. But if the sense of touch whereby mankind is propagated seems such dear delight beyond all other, think the same vouchsafe to cattle and each beast, which would not be to them made common and divulged, if aught therein enjoyed were worthy to subdue the soul of man or passion in him move. What higher in her society thou findest attractive, human, rational, love still, in loving thou doest well, in passion not, wherein true love consists not. Love refines the thoughts, and heart enlarges, hath his seat in reason, and is judicious, in the scale by which to heavenly love thou mayst ascend, not sunk in carnal pleasure, for which cause among the beasts no mate for thee was found. Adam feels deeply the chastisement of Raphael for misjudging women as merely an object of sexual desire. A more humble and repentant Adam speaks. To whom thus half-abashed Adam replied, Neither her outside form, so fair, nor aught in procreation common to all kinds, though higher of the genial bed by far, and with mysterious reverence I deem so much delights me. As those graceful acts, those thousand decencies that daily flow from all her words and actions, mixed with love and sweet compliance, which declare unfeigned union of mind, or in us both one soul. Harmony to behold in wedded pair, more grateful than harmonious sound to the ear. Yet thee subject not, I to thee disclose what inward hence I feel, not therefore foiled, who meet with various objects from the sense variously representing. Yet still free approve the best, and follow what I approve. To love thou blamest me not, for love thou sayest leads up to heaven, is both the way and guide. Bear with me then, if lawful what I ask. Love not the heavenly spirits, and how their love express they by looks only, or do they mix irradiance, virtue, and immediate touch? Raphael, having reprimanded Adam, gives a gentle reply. To whom the angel with the smile that glowed celestial rosy red loves proper hue, answered, Let it suffice thee that thou knowest us happy, and without love no happiness. Whatever pure thou in the body enjoyest, and pure thou wert created, we enjoy, in eminence and obstacle find none, of membrane, joint, or limb, exclusive bars. Easier than air with air, if spirits embrace, total they mix, union of pure with pure desiring, nor restrained conveyance need as flesh to mix with flesh, or soul with soul. But I can now no more, the parting sun beyond the earth's green cape, and verdant isles Hesperian sets, 
my signal to depart. Milton disputes another popular concept, that we are born in sin. Raphael said to Adam, quote, Whatever pure thou in the body enjoyest, and pure thou art created, easier than air with air, if spirits embrace, total they mix, union of pure with pure desiring, nor restrained conveyance, need as flesh to mix with flesh, or soul with soul, unquote. Raphael affirms that without love, there is no happiness. Raphael then gives his final advice to Adam, telling Adam that his first responsibility is to obey God, and everything else will follow. He tells Adam that he has free will, but he must overcome temptation. Be strong, live happy, and love. But first of all, him whom to love is to obey and keep his great command. Take heed, lest passion sway thy judgment to do aught, which else free will would not admit. Thine and all thy sons, the will or woe in thee is placed. Beware. I, in thy persevering, shall rejoice and all the blessed. Stand fast. To stand or fall free, in thine own arbitrament it lies. Perfect within, no outward aid required, and all temptation to transgress repel. Adam speaks as Raphael leaves. Adam acknowledges that Raphael came from God to instruct him. He invited Raphael to come back often. In effect, Milton is affirming that Adam, the father of the human race, was taught by God and by angels. He was not left alone to his own devices. He was taught that men and women were equal. He was taught to keep the commandments of God in order to return back to the presence of God. So saying, he arose, who Adam thus followed with benediction. Since to part go heavenly guest, ethereal messenger sent from whose sovereign goodness I adore. Gentle to me and affable hath been thy condescension and shall be honored ever with grateful memory. Thou to mankind be good and friendly still, and oft return. So parted they, the angel up to heaven from the thick shade, and Adam to his bower. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.